Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, friends. Welcome on into episode 33 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great friends at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Monday, October 28th, 2019. Show coming out a little bit later than the sort of glorious victory installments usually do. Had some real life things going on Sunday night, particularly, most importantly, Celebrate my mom's birthday. Happy birthday to my mom. One of the biggest listeners, biggest fans of the show. Happy birthday to Mama Sco. So didn't really get a chance to dive into the game until Monday morning. So we're dropping this a little bit later than usual. But fear not, our usual fare is here. We're going to have the great, the good, and the bad, the takes of the game from the Sco Show Slack channel, as well as game balls. But before we do all of that, your usual reminders, please do follow along with the work at, at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work in places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and yes, that trio of SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and of course right here at the one and only Pat's Pulpit. Now let's sort of get diving into the things that we saw from yesterday because interesting game, Browns coming off the bye, weather a bit of a factor, but the Patriots take care of business, get to 8-0 with a 27-13 victory over the visiting Cleveland Browns, who, again, were coming off a bye, high expectations coming into the season, haven't quite lived up to them at this point. Now now sitting at 2-5 and and really sort of looking up at the Baltimore Ravens and the standings in that AFC North. And there's obviously, look, a, a ton of great stuff you could focus on. Obviously, the defense does another fantastic job. Had some turnovers early, forced some fumbles from Nick Chubb, gave the offense a number of good situations. But I want to focus on a sequence a little bit later in the game that I think, like many Patriots games so far this year, we've had sort of a sequence of events that has sort of told the story. Think back for a moment to how you felt about this game around halftime, right? 17-7 at the half. But it seemed like the Patriots missed opportunities early in the first half to really sort of put this game away. You know, they had last possession of the first half, they go five plays, 32 yards, but a punt. Then they go three and out with a punt. Then they have a 13-play, five-minute drive in the second quarter, the last possession of the second quarter that goes down with a blocked field goal. And so... If you're Cleveland, in a sense, 17-7, not a bad spot to be. This game could have been a lot worse. And then getting into the third quarter, 
Run defense is struggling a bit. Cleveland gets the ball to start the third quarter. They have a 12th play, 6-minute and 23-second drive, covers 55 yards. They get the ground game going a bit. They get Chubb with some big runs. But then on a 1st and 10, Jamie Collins, Adam Butler, they get a great stop on a toss play. That brings eventually face a 3rd and 4. They bring pressure. Van Noy off one edge, Hightower off the other. They force a climb in the pocket from Baker Mayfield. Collins cleans it up for a sack. They have to settle for a field goal. So now it's 17-10. Offense needs to respond. And it didn't look like they were going to. First and 10, you get pressure on Tom Brady. A miss of Jacoby Myers. Second and 10, pressure again. Late throw to Muhammad Sanu. Now you're facing third and 10. Brady's been pressured. You've given up a field goal. It's now a one-score game. If you go three and out here, the complexity of this game changes. The conception of this game changes. But Josh McDaniels dials up a running back screen. You had pressure on the last two plays. You go running back screen to James White for 59 yards. The huge block on that play. Very critical block, basically at the catch point by Joe Thune. Because there's a defender in the vicinity of White that could potentially cut this down for a loss. Thune makes the block. White springs it. You get a 59-yard gain. Fresh set of downs. He comes back to the screen again after... An incompletion on first and 10 to Brandon Bolden on a hitch route. Looked like Haas. He gets second and 10. McDaniels comes back with a screen again, this time to Rex Burkhead. That picks up nine, gets you into a third and one. They run Shoney Michelle off the right side. He gets hit in the backfield by Sheldon Richardson, maintains his balance, stays upright, falls forward for the first down. Get you another fresh set of downs. Next play, great pocket movement and presence from Tom Brady. Fantastic throw with the feet slightly unsettled. Get a zone look. You find Julian Edelman in the soft spot of the zone on a route crossing from left to right. Touchdown. And now 17-10 becomes 24-10. And you feel a lot better about this game after that sequence of events. And so it was that sequence that I thought really sort of told the story of this game. Now, the two fumbles earlier in the game obviously were huge plays. Can't say enough about them. The first one, you get some penetration by Lawrence Guy. Forces Chubb to sort of try to make a cut in the backfield. As he's cutting, one of his linemen gets upended, kicks the ball out of his hands. Dante Hightower with a scoop and score. Makes a 3-0 game. A 10-0 game. Then they come back to Chubb again. He has a great run going. Jonathan Jones gets knocked down on the play, hustles from behind, punches it out. And I thought Tony Romo did a fantastic job sort of talking about the technique that Jonathan Jones used on this play. Chopped down on the football with the closed fist, really punch it out. They were set up with a first and goal situation. Instead... Patriots football. So it could have been 10-3, 10-7 at that point. Instead, Patriots get the ball back. That was a huge play in that moment. Those two plays, obviously, two of the bigger plays of the day from the defense, but they helped set the tone early. 
So those were the two sequences of this game I thought that really sort of told the tale of the afternoon. You had New England on Cleveland's opening drive of the second half, forced them to settle for three, thanks to the big pressure and the big sack from Jamie Collins. Then you come back on a third and ten when you got to have it. you got to go. You can't go three and out there. You get the screen to James White. Fantastic play. Call McDaniels comes back to it a couple of plays later with a screen to Rex Burkhead. And then you get the touchdown from Julian Edelman. So I thought those two sequences were just critical in this game. I know a lot of people want to talk about the offensive line and the pressure on Tom Brady. We'll get to that a little bit later. Saw some pieces last night and this morning about, you know, Patriots, we have a problem. The offensive line is an issue. You know, you're, you're going in there with James Ferenz. Now you've got backups at left tackle, center, and right guard against a good pass rush. And Brady, yes, was pressured. And so there are some things to talk about there in a moment. But as far as the great, that's what I wanted to highlight. Those two sequences in this game, I thought, really told the story of the afternoon. Up next, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the game balls, and the take of the game. That's all ahead on this glorious victory installment of The Sco Show. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 33 of the Sco Show, another glorious victory installment. And remember, you can get all of the podcasts here at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network by subscribing to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, wherever you get your shows, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those great places. You don't want to miss out on anything we're doing. Let's focus on the good now. I'm going to highlight some of the plays that really stood out to me. Cleveland's open and drive. They had a second and 10 situation. They use a little RPO concept where Baker's trying to throw that slant. And he's forced to throw it late for two reasons. One, the initial coverage is good on the slant route. But more importantly... Jamie Collins does a fantastic job sort of getting into the throwing lane. It forces Baker to pull it down to reset. His eventual throw is high, off the market, incomplete. I thought that was a fantastic play. New England's second drive of the game. They had a first and 10 run of Sony Michelle for a gain of seven on a crack toss. They came to this crack toss a couple of times in this game. And both times it was Mohamed Sanu, Julian Edelman throwing some blocks cracking down on the linebackers and the strong safety. They did a fantastic job there, so I wanted to highlight that play. Later in the drive, the fourth and seven conversion. You get a great route and great read and throw from Julian Edelman on the route, sitting down in the soft spot of the area. Tom Brady with a great throw. 
finds the soft spot versus zone versus this coverage. I thought that was a huge conversion at the moment. Now, Brady almost threw an interception on a third and goal situation, but Ted is able to hit field goal, give the Patriots a 3-0 lead. Cleveland's next possession, you get a second and seven. This is the, you know, the Chubb run. Guy pops it out. You get Chun with some penetration as well. Hightower scoop and score. Simon sets the edge. The offensive lineman that Simon is kicking kicks the ball out. Fantastic job setting the edge and helping making that play happen by Jonathan Simon. Again, I'm extremely impressed with what Jonathan Simon has done so far this year. Then you get the Jonathan Jones play, chasing down the fumble from behind. Great chop to force it. New England's next possession, they have a third and six. Great route, great throw. Uh, Braided is set on a hitch route to move the chains right there. The interception by Lawrence Guy. I can tell you, friends, I've been watching this game for the better part of 42 years now. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. It looked to be like a little stit fly jet sweep type of thing. And he just pitches it right forward to, to Guy, who's basically split at a double team. Thought that was a prim- impressive play there. Obviously, a bit of a mistake, you might say, by Baker Mayfield, but heads up play by Lawrence Guy to pull that in. Some other good stuff here. We're getting into the second quarter. Uh, first and 10, Patriots football, their sixth drive of the game. Brady under center play action runs that deep bow route where Edelman is in the slot, works to the inside, then breaks to the outside. Great route and throw. Brady making this throw from unsettled feet, in the rain, under duress. Perfect throw on that one. Then a second and ten, a couple plays later, quick read and throw, and a quick sit route over the middle to Edelman for six. Fourth and four, Sanu gets his first big catch as a member of the New England Patriots. Little curl stick concept, gets the catch, gets just enough yardage to move the chain. Cleveland, seventh possession of the game, late in the first half. Butler and Hightower with some pressure and a sack. That was a big play at that moment. Again, we talked about their first possession of the third quarter. You get Collins with the sack after Butler. I mean, after Hightower and Van Noy force him to climb. But on the previous play, Collins and Butler also had a great stop on a toss play, which helped set the sort of stage for that third and fourth situation. So that was a good play at that moment. Talked about the Patriots' next offensive possession. Last thing in sort of the good area I want to talk about, there's a nice sequence of events that made you feel like, okay, some of the new guys are really starting to contribute here. It was on New England's ninth drive of the game. First you get on a second and seven, Brady under center play action, and now you get the crosser from Muhammad Sanu, which if you remember earlier this week, I said that was going to be something they would probably use him on. Those crossing routes that we often saw with Julian Edelman, it was something he was doing with Atlanta. You saw it there for a gain of 19. Then on a third and three, you get a bunch concept with Jacoby Myers coming in motion to set a stack bunch. He releases to the flat. It's really a route designed for Jacoby Myers. He picks up three, gives you a fresh set of downs. Then on second and nine, the seam route to Benjamin Watson. I thought that was a fantastic throw. Great catch for a gain of 26. Some of the negative plays to highlight here. You had on Cleveland's fifth drive of the game, Kyle Van Noy on a first and 10 run doesn't set the edge. Chubb bounces it to the outside for a gain of 16. Then again, on a first and 10, next very next play, Chubb with 12 yards on a gain. Some missed tackles there from the defense. On New England's fifth possession of the game, you get a third and six situation. 
He's blitzed. Brady is blitzed off of both edges. I thought he might need to throw hot here. Didn't see what his hot read might have been. I might see that on the all 22, but looked like he had to throw hot. Doesn't really have a chance there. The touchdown that Cleveland scored. You get Hightower in coverage against a tight end. This is something I was on a lot of Cleveland shows last week. This is something I kept mentioning. People would ask, is there going to be a weakness, something that this Browns offense can do potentially to exploit this Patriots defense? And I said, you might want to attack the linebackers a bit in coverage, get the tight ends, get the running backs involved in the passing game. We saw that there. Hightower has inside leverage. It's a route break into the outside for a touchdown. So that was a bit of a difficult play to make there. New England's next possession, their sixth drive of the game, first and 10. Brady gets pressured by Miles Garrett, forced to turf a screen. Second and 10 later in the drive, pressure, high throw. It's incomplete. A flag is thrown to bail the Patriots out with an illegal hands to the face, but the pressures were mounting in this game. That's why we saw in the critical sequence I broke down, we saw those two screen passes because McDaniels could feel that, look, the pressure was starting to mount. Nugent gets a kick blocked. Not a big fan of that. I'm sure Bill Belichick's not a big fan of getting a kick blocked as well. So not good to see that. Last thing I'll mention here, the sack by Olivier Vernon on a third and three on New England's eighth drive of the game. This is the third quarter. He has a fantastic rip move to the outside. Beats Newhouse working around the arc. You're going to give up sacks in this league, and this is a good pass rush. But like many have said today, look, pass rush, I mean, Offensive line play and protecting Tom Brady might seem like it's a problem. It will get better with Shaq Mason back in the lineup when Isaiah Wayne returns, but I know it's a concern for a lot of people right now. So those were some of the good things I wanted to mention, some of the bad things I wanted to mention. Let's talk take of the game from the Show Slack channel. As always, the Show Slack channel was hopping during the game. Like I said, I was out with the family, so I didn't get a chance to, to time in, chime in too much. But everybody was crushing it as they always do. And as far as the take of the game, I think we're going to go with this sequence from the Sony Michelle third and one run, which I thought was an incredible run at that moment. Incredible individual effort to keep his balance, get that arm down to stay upright. And you had in sequence Jessica Brand, Michelle looks back. Huzifa Patel, nice job keeping your balance there, Sony. Matt St. John, that's a great run. I couldn't agree more with all three of those, those comments from the Scotia Slack channel. I thought. It was just a tremendous effort by the running back there. As far as game balls, there were a number of recommendations in the Scotia Slack channel. Ricky Keeler, defense led the way again, would have to give my game ball to Jonathan Jones. Him getting that fumble on Chubb was huge. Matt St. John, game ball for Edelman. He was the only consistent guy on offense, got two touchdowns. Ozefa Patel, agree on Jules. Jessica Brand, guy, Lawrence guy, way over game. Was up in everybody's business like a police officer with a search warrant. Possibly only Gilmore. Also Gilmore heard from him once the dropped interception. Shut down corner type of game. Matt St. John agreeing with the guy with a good pick there as well. But I think you got to give it to somebody who when he hits a milestone. And for Bill Belichick, good old Wesleyan grad. So I got to give him a shout out there. Win number 300, which puts him into absolute rarefied air. And so obviously... We know he's one of the best coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. Win number 300 solidified it. I hope you got a chance to see Julian Edelman did a little spoof of 300. This is Foxborough. It was really well done on social media. But I think more than anybody else, the defense obviously was pretty great. Julian Edelman, those guys deserve some acknowledgement. But for win number 300, 
this game ball goes to Bill Belichick. So, friends, that will do it. Nice, quick, tidy show. Get you caught up on everything that I saw from the New England Patriots. Eighth win of the season, and now we get a big one. We get Baltimore on Sunday night. This is going to be a massive game. Number began, I think, New England, favored by 6.5. It's already moved to 3, so line seems to be trending in Baltimore's favor. They're going to be coming off of a bye Sunday night. Atmosphere is going to be incredible, so it's going to be a good one to look forward to. Good one to get ready to. We're going to have Doug Ferrar on a little bit later this week to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Still working on getting guests lined up to break down this one. I'll have some news on that a little bit later. But friends, 8-0, not a bad start. Halfway done with the schedule. You got eight wins. Got to feel proud about that. With Buffalo losing, AFC East looks a little bit easier right now in terms of a you know potential tiebreaker situation and winning that division because now you get that game in hand as well. So, all in all, pretty nice way to start the week. But that will do it for me. I will be back later this week with two more shows. Until then, friends, please do keep on blessing that Patriots reign down in Boston.